When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we used to walk home from the movies. And today we're walking to a four-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, well, we're <laughs> walking TV. to it back in our house. <laughs> this, this podcast uh, concept is so redundant now. Do you know what? A year into COVID, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to watch the, the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I'm good. I think... I'd be surprised if any of our listeners don't know what this is or the context of it. But just in case, uh, let's give a quick sort of uh, top line sort of what the hell is this? And didn't the Justice League already come out three years ago? And for anyone who was wondering if we previously reviewed the Justice League movie on this feed, we actually didn't. Um, We missed it when it was in the cinema. And then... I think it was when Oscar was just born, right? can't remember and then when it came out on demand we were going to do an episode on it we actually sat down to watch it and I think I got about 40 minutes in and I just said I I actually can't watch this <laughs> like and I no you made you made it a fair trick maybe trick. and for like I couldn't watch it anyway so we tur- I couldn't watch it because I found it incomprehensible and dull at the same time so so we turned it off and Dave finished it by himself another day and we never did an episode but for context when we do a lot of you know, we watch a lot of superhero movies in this podcast and we've like covered all the Marvel ones that have come out and all the DC ones since we started the podcast, except this one. Um, we actually love the Justice League and like a long time ago, like probably 10 years ago, we, we, were, loved obs- the cartoon. we were obsessed with the Justice yeah, League cartoon. we used cartoon. to watch that cartoon a lot. We watch it all we? the time and like I love Wonder Woman. She's my favourite superhero. So for me, like the Justice League is the one I'm most interested in. So I was really disappointed by the first movie and the fact that I just couldn't watch it so I'm hoping I've got I've actually got high, genuinely high expectations for this Dave what did you briefly think of the first movie and then tell us why the hell the movie's been remade because that's extremely odd it's like often movies are remade of course like you know A Star Is Born has been made four times but it's not the same cast and the same movie just kind of re-released so it's all very interesting yeah um, I thought uh, I didn't think much of it I thought it was a uh yeah really like shambles it was like quite incoherent and cluttered it felt like it felt like a product of its troubled back behind the scenes we did enjoy Henry Cavill's CGI moustache face yeah there's a lot I mean look it's it's a it's it was a it was not it was not very good is all I'll say the uh, so the story of this uh, this one is the well that that movie had a really troubled sort of um Backstory. There's a really good article on Vanity Fair, which we'll link to in the, the comments, uh, outlining the sort of history of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which so we're Dave, about to watch. Keep this very brief. Then, so I will keep this very brief. Basically, he, um, him, and his wife Deborah Snyder, who's the producer of all these movies, were kind of put in charge by Warner Brothers of the DC Cinematic Un- or Extended Universe. So they call it the DCEU which is the equivalent of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, Why is it you called DCEU? Because <coughs> I think they wanted to... DCCU doesn't sound as good, does it? Is it like um, a, Is it an anti-Brexit no, world? D- DC Extended Universe. Right, okay. EU. Um, 
But yes, there's a real Brexit sentiment involved here. So, um, ever since like he directed Man of Steel, then Batman v Superman, and he's kind of had a play and a hand in producing all of these movies. But then Warner Brothers um, uh, allegedly kind of lost faith um, in him after Batman v Superman didn't perform well at the box office and got critically slated. We have to say we weren't huge fans of that. Uh, no. Um, so apparently they like got really heavy-handed on set, sent people to watch over the production of Justice League. Like They kind of lost faith in him. And then on top of that, him and his wife experienced a personal tragedy when their daughter passed away during the production of the movie so, so they sad. very sad and and so they decided to uh, naturally step away from the film um to take time for themselves and their family and as a result of that warner brothers brought in joss whedon who directed the avengers which was a huge billion dollar hit for marvel to finish the project which resulted in ex- like a lot of reshoots and joss whedon by the way now he was getting an extremely poor rap in media and seems to actually treat people awfully when he works with them or did when he yeah. worked on Buffy anyway not not a good year for Joss Whedon um, a lot has come out well it's uh, a great year for Joss Whedon he's a rich bully and he's just finally been called out on it but I'm sure he's doing fine for himself yeah do you want to go into that whole thing no, now I don't. or, or does this, this one this, this story is hard <laughs> enough to tell as it is succinctly uh, so Joss Whedon comes in the whole moustache thing happens because he does about reshoots like half the movie restructures it uh, also, and Henry Cavill had a moustache at this point because he was filming Mission Impossible so then when yeah. they filmed him for the Justice League they just CGI out his moustache which is a ridiculous yeah that's an amazing story there because um, Paramount wouldn't refuse to let him shave the moustache <laughs> It's easier enough. to wear a fake moustache <laughs> than CGI out. They, re- they refuse to back down on it, which is amazing. If you, if you want more on that, listen to Christopher McQuarrie on the uh, Empire spoiler specials where he talks to Chris Hewitt every uh, time for four hours. Um, and he gives amazing insight on that whole thing. On the Mission Impossible thing. Yeah, because they, they came to him to request the moustache okay. to be shaved. We're doing too many deep you, dives. You, you're, de- you're, you're steering me off it, <laughs> sorry, right? Sorry. Okay, so um, so Joss Whedon completes the movie. The other thing was, the other notes was keep it under two hours because Zack Snyder had a four-hour rough cut on his laptop, <laughs> which he exited at the time with. And normally so, I agree with, by the way, keep the movie two, under two hours, but from what I saw of the other movie... By trying to condense it, it was incoherent. Well, you've got like you're, you've got six. Th- the, the other thing is like the Justice League didn't have what the Avengers had, which was a four movie run up. Yeah, you know the they, they had they had Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, then the Justice League, I believe. Um, so, so they needed to introduce the other characters. So they had to introduce Aquaman, uh, the Flash, Cyborg, and pretty much Wonder Woman. I think she may have had her own movie or it came out after. I don't remember. So, um, the movie is released. It does not perform well. It just about breaks even, maybe even a bit of a loss. And was panned, right? Pulled in like case. 600 million globally. Which <laughs> what a bomb! Pretty, mu- pretty much a bomb. <laughs> in these, it's not at all what they wanted, right? <laughs> when you consider the Avengers back in 2012 pulled in a billion plus. Right? I mean, when you think how much this movie must have cost from all the reshoots. Yeah, like, exactly. It would have been a very expensive movie. So and and then the critics slate it, um, and then the fans, um, the fans are are basically like we want to. This isn't what Zack Snyder would have wanted. This is and and to be fair, I think I agree with them on that. This it didn't it it did feel like uh, that movie felt like a product of too many voices and it was the tone is muddled and inconsistent. But like you know? that's very what's interesting about this all is the fans all complain that they wanted to see Jack uh, Zack Snyder's cut and then eventually this is what we're getting to see. But like that often happens like like when you went to see Han Solo the director changed halfway through. But yeah. like we were screaming to- the original Han Solo. Well, like. the difference, <laughs> the difference <laughs> like, is, no one, like, it's really unusual that this has come to pass. Well, that's the whole thing with the um, the fans of the uh, the DC extended universe, and that Snack Snyder has been building. It they are, if nothing, if not loud. Um, and I and guess all the all the like the thing with it is they're very loud and vocal, uh, some somewhat very supportively of Snack Snyder, and on the darker side sometimes 
very troubling on the internet how personally they they attack people about this but they from a studio's perspective when you think about it okay they're all screaming for it we're in the middle of a pandemic we actually have all these scenes that Zack Snyder shot anyway why not let him take a pass at making this cut release it on HBO Max where you know a streaming platform are trying to push and like see what's up it's an incredibly no brainer (laughs) business decision (laughs) there's demonstrated consumer demand for this thing you've got to drive um, people to your to your product and look at us we're watching it and and you can do it all for only 70 million (laughs) dollars allegedly whatever it costs to film this thing so which is probably a drop in the ocean for these people um, so the so here we are the, but there is just to quickly point out the toxic <laughs> nature of that of that fan base so of some the, of that fan on base the, some of that fan base yes because the on the on the whole of it this comes across like a real rags to riches story right this is it's like you, by rags you mean 600 million dollars so, <laughs> not rags to riches <laughs> sorry but um, a bit of an underdog in a way again doesn't make I mean, sense no but Z- Zack Snyder experiences <laughs> personal tragedy yeah. can't can't fulfill his movie um, and then gets the chance to do a four hour length version of his movie with basically no studio interference after uh, they lost faith in him because the fan base supported him and propped him up and said yeah let's do it we want this they put his name on it like you'd never see a movie called like insert director's name here movie and and as part of the campaign the, the, the fan campaign hashtag release the Snyder Cut um, they raised a lot of movie for um, you mean money suicide prevention and awareness charities sorry yes, there is a lot of money during the course of that campaign so some good re- some real good was done and also Zack Snyder himself has taken no money from this project oh wow um, that is interesting so there's a lot of like it is on paper a real success story but the problem is it's been ta- it has been tainted by a very vocal section of the DC online fan community it's who odd, are just ab- absolutely toxic and we we've uh, personally experienced have experienced just a drop in the ocean of it Not even on Twitter drop. in which we were being threatened to you know have our accounts doxxed and all this kind of stuff like yeah, remove because we these put people up from the a internet me- Dave put up a meme about someone in Avengers and someone in this movie yeah let's not get into that no detail, but, but literally it was I, nothing I, I we actually, ended up having to block the whole conversation but like like for particularly for female I've never journalists seen who are critical of the DC any DC movie it's bizarre yeah, how they, they just they pour out and like um, friend of the podcast Helen O'Hara we know have has been like personally attacked by people and is like ma- but it's bizarre stands because up to them I don't online. understand but, why there's like this I really don't understand why there's this Marvel versus DC thing because to me like some of the Marvel movies are really good some of them aren't some of the DC movies are really good like I love Wonder Woman some of them I don't like like Batman Superman like they're all different things like why are they grouped into just at the end of the day they're both ultimately huge blockbusters that are based on comics which are all ripping each other off anyway and it's like, all much ado about nothing yeah exactly can't you just like like them all or not like them all or like some of them I don't understand it's just this weird human tribalism I feel like we're just uh, trying to inev- like stop the inevitability of the fact that we just have to go and watch a four hour movie now yeah I th- have we been talking longest, for four hours this already this is the longest intro okay. we've ever done yeah, anyway that's me succinctly uh, describing <laughs> how we got to this point um, I'm. How are you feeling about this? Because I'm actually like I'm really open-minded. I didn't think I'm really open-minded. I, I'll be honest. I haven't thought. Didn't think Batman v Superman was much good. The Justice League thing we got was worse. I'm not really excited for this. As I'm such, excited for. But I'm um, open-minded to it. I'm excited because I I'm really intrigued by the story behind it all. We're also not planning on watching it all in one night, so we'll probably watch it over a couple of nights. So the fact that I know we're going to watch it in chunks is completely fine with me. Like us, and I would say probably most people, we don't actually have four hours to sit and watch a movie. Like I'm either at work or I'm with the kids or it's the evening and I don't have four solid hours to do it. So, you know, the only time I'd probably be able to watch it as a movie is if like if it was in the cinema and we took a day off work and went on our own to watch it. But there's no way anyone's watching it in front of their TV without pausing it. Anyway, we better go. Let's go. We let's go, go home. Stick it on. See how far we get. And I, uh, yeah, might, I, might be a few days before we come back. I love Wonder Woman, and also I love Green Lantern. Why isn't he in this movie? Uh, I, Is yeah, it because I, I also? I remember well, us being there loving. Was to, there was there was supposed to be a Green Lantern movie. There was a whole. You mean DC the Ryan Reynolds? You wrote no, no. That was that happened. I know. There was supposed to be a new one. 
there was a DCEU roadmap, much like Marvel do. Do you remember how excited? Announced all these movies for like ten years. There was Justice League sequels in there and everything. Do you remember and how excited we were for the Green Lantern movie, and then we had to watch this? Oh god, yeah, that was direct. <laughs> but you know Drake. what? It was actually worth it all because Isn't that where he met his wife. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was worth it all. Um, okay, let's go for the. Our review is actually going to be shorter than our intro for uh, Cinema First. Thank <laughs> right, you, everyone okay. who's still listening. <laughs> we'll be back in probably five weeks' time when we finish the movie. Bye. Bye. The god is dead. I had a dream. Almost like a premonition. I think there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull and don't wave the red cape at it, sent here for a reason and even if it takes you the rest of your life find out what that reason is they said the age of heroes would never come again We're back, Kathy. How long, how long has it been? Yeah, we watched <laughs> When was it. that? When did we record that extra long <laughs> intro? We watched it over three nights. So it turns out the movie's in parts, which is really handy. So we watched... It's two, a six-part six miniseries. Yeah, we treated it's it... It's not a movie. We treated it like a six-part miniseries, watched two parts a night over three nights. And I have to say, I really enjoyed it in that context. Yeah. It was like... I, li- I liked it as well. I liked All right, everyone, second. that's our episode. <laughs> like the second night and the third night I was like really looking forward to jumping back into it and I yeah, think yeah that, that's like, how I'd I recommend you watch it I never thought I'd say it it's, a, it's an easy watch I mean it's he a, probably split, he split it into parts for a reason it's an easy breezy four hours <laughs> like but he split it well it's actually 3.45 that was credits at the end so first of all it's not four hours but yeah I think he obviously put the parts in for a reason to help people digest it and yeah that's how you should watch it um, I yeah under the watching it as a miniseries I really enjoyed it like as a movie I would say no movie should ever be that long and I think in one sitting it would become very dull but the way we watched it I thought like as I said like I'm a big Justice League fan anyway but I didn't actually know Cyborg because the cartoon we watched he used to be in it was Green Lantern instead so I was so interested in Cyborg's backstory and Martian Manhunter in that cartoon yes, we watched yes the one we used to watch um, right um we will say no spoilers yet for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, if it's your first time here, we'll uh, turn on to Spoiler Street later when we get there. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed Cyborg. I love Wonder Woman as always. I'm actually a fan of Ben Affleck's Batman, so yeah, I enjoyed me too. all that. Um, I think they did the right thing about um, how they positioned Superman in the movie. I'll save the rest of that for Spoiler Street. I think they did, they did well with the pacing of Superman. Uh, I think I really like Aquaman I really enjoyed that movie as well when we did watch it um, I, I actually enjoyed how it was segmented and the story was told I think for me the weak link was The Flash I I was watching The Flash and I just kind of felt like what I would have more enjoyed as a Flash would have been like you know the, the young guy who plays Spider-Man in the Marvel movies what's his name Tom Holland Yeah. I think I, because I've now seen someone that young playing Spider-Man I felt like Ez, is he called, what's he called Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller he just felt too old to be the Flash it just didn't work for me I wasn't a huge he was fine but I wasn't a huge the fan Flash isn't a teenager though he works in a crime lab I know but I just for some reason the way he was acting was very childish but the actor was too old for it so either he something wasn't working for me there and I found the scenes with the Flash a little bit boring my favourite 100% was Cyborg I loved his backstory and from what I vaguely remember the last movie I feel like he got a lot more in this movie um, oh 100% so I really enjoyed all that and like I feel like we'll need to get to spoiler tree pretty quickly so yeah as a mini series to watch over three nights I actually found it highly enjoyable 
Yeah, I'd recommend it as well. I mean, if you've got any bit of curiosity, you've probably already watched it. Um, well, we were pleased that it was on because we thought it was going to be one that we'd have to rent. And you know, often when you rent new releases, um, you've only got 48 hours to watch it. And we were like, oh, we can't watch it in two nights. Turns out it was on Sky Cinema, so we didn't have yeah, any so time have, limit. If you have Sky in the UK, it's there yeah, for it's on free. Sky well, if you've got the movies package. So, yeah, we basically, that's why... I was very happy to watch it over three nights even if over two nights I wouldn't have enjoyed it I think it would have been too much for me yeah um, yeah I, I, I agree um, I think it's one of the upsides of it is it gives um, it's kind of cheating in a way I was going to say he's, he's like it gives a lot of the characters more time to breathe but of course it does because it's four hours exactly. long exactly that's like, why it's not a film <laughs> it's like that's why the two hour one it's almost an unfair comparison point because that is doomed to fail but when you've got all of these characters to introduce plus a bad guy plus like the brief that Joss Whedon was given was like under two hours make it coherent and make it more fun and that can't right? work when so it's when like the script, to do all that the with the footage had, you have the script yeah exactly the script had already been written to be this long it had been filmed to be this long and you're like after the fact trying to condense it down and that's a thankless task so it's kind of unfair so it's like it's in a way it's like of course, it like it does feel more coherent. It does feel like the there's more um, character development. It does feel like there's a bit more emotion in this. But like if he hadn't but managed that, there'd be something really yeah, wrong with it. Yeah, because he has all the room to breathe in this canvas. So what's interesting is what what's opening. What, what's an interesting question to ask at this stage is: Are some of these things? better as TV series than movies considering that we've just gone through one division and there's this whole Disney Plus experiment with big blockbuster superheroes as TV shows. And well for anyone who's interested we just did a whole series review on one division over on our Patreon but I agree it could never have been told in a movie like yeah. they did in that show. Because one division also something that takes time and uh, uh, and to focus on character and personal development and grief something that wouldn't you wouldn't see in a Marvel movie yeah so and I'm this like, like this isn't even a movie like it's got no cinematic release it's released in parts on on demand platforms like it's let's released, call it what it and is it's released in a, a display format which is typically oh associated God. with television from the 90s in the history so if anyone doesn't know the movie's in 4-3 aspect ratio uh, which is for the, the old box letterbox so back when we used to have the tubes the cathode ray tube television so tell me why this isn't four by three because i was like what am i watching at certain points between the way the cgi was done and that it was in four three it genuinely looked like an old doctor who episode like, or like quantum leap and dave said i'm going to explain to you on the podcast why it's in four three so so he it's an artistic choice that Zack snyder <laughs> made so he became because he's like it's a tv show <laughs> he became <laughs> no when he was uh, when he was uh, filming this he was obsessed with the the IMAX uh, experience, like a lot of people are, which is a vertical experience. That is actually in it's not four three, but it's a similar aspect ratio. It's vertically driven, right? Yeah, but bearing in mind you're in like the biggest IMAX. cinema screens in the world. Yeah. Now, but also the thing with IMAX is I I don't know that full ins and outs of the technicalities of this stuff, so I'm sure you guys know better than I do. But the um, you need to shoot on very special IMAX. Uh, cameras that are like typically like Christopher Nolan likes to do that and they're typically very cumbersome and difficult to bring on set that's why you don't film an entire movie for IMAX what happens is that it goes into IMAX scenes for particular parts of the scene mm -hmm. parts of the movie um, but th th so it's a very like particular and expensive and labor driven process it's not just make it in 4.3 and put it on an IMAX screen <laughs> uh, so I don't this so this film I believe wasn't shot in IMAX he just likes the look of that thing now his his justification for it I kind of get he said um, superheroes are supposed to be like when they're standing and you're framing them are picturesque and vertical they're a vertical they're, they're standing and they're posing and they're looking heroic widescreen gives more uh, space to the background and makes them look smaller <laughs> and I'm like when I first read that I thought that's the stupidest thing ever and when I saw the trailer I was like why this is nonsense but I gotta say when I watch the movie with that in mind when they do those hero 
poses. They fill the frame. They <laughs> like, do, but they couldn't kind of... they have? Couldn't they have done like an IMAX and shrunk it when they needed it and well, then that, brought it out? I think out that would have been a bit distracting. Our TV isn't that big, like, so, so it sometimes looks incredibly hokey. The special effects. I don't, I don't know. We're watching on a smallish TV. Yeah, but I don't think this, in four three. I don't think hokey special effects are a product of the aspect ratio. I think that's you're just you're just quali- you're just um, that's a qual- that's a qualification of the uh, of the effects themselves, right? That's not nothing yeah, but, to do with it being. But in it's 4-3. being in four three makes me think of a nineties TV show yeah. specifically. Well, and anything before. I, that. I gotta say, I didn't find. I actually thought it was good. It didn't. It didn't bother me at all. I don't oh. think. It, I don't want it to be the standard going forward. <laughs> I uh, mean, I also like that he ma- he it put wasn't a stamp intrusive. on it. Like it, it made it feel again different from the other films. <laughs> yeah. How much of it, like? When we were, because I I remembered not very much about the other film, other than that I felt like Cyborg was in this more. Before we get to Spoiler Street, how do you think, it, like how different it is from the other movie? Because given you've seen the whole other movie, yeah, and I have a good memory for it. Uh, it's it's entire, it's almost entirely different. Like that's like, incredible. Like there's very the, the the scenes that were the same, I could were in the minority for sure. Like most of this movie, I've I had never seen before. It's so so it's like, it's so like it is interesting. It's effectively an entirely <laughs> different movie, and not only that, there are um, which we'll get to in Spoiler Street. But the, there are entire like um, scenes that are different. Like th- there's alternate versions of scenes and decisions the characters are making. The entire end, the entire climax is different. Like Can it's we- just from a different movie. Really with the same characters it's so, it's it's so the difference of a normal director's cut where you get like 20 extra minutes of more stuff oh yeah it feels very different it's it's, it's, it's very it's not a director's cut experience well it kind of is but it's it's not just a few extra bonus things this is an entirely different story construct and and for the most part i think it's actually is for the better can we i think we should go to spoiler street but right before we go to spoiler street i want to say that one of my personally one of the most difficult things for me watching um big budget superhero movies is that I always get really disengaged by the end when there's like huge action scenes but because huge Jackman scenes <laughs> but because we turned on to parts six and seven last night fresh well part six and the epilogue oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. the epilogue um, <laughs> which was an hour and a half because I was fresh I actually really enjoyed first of all I think he did a really good job on the fight scenes and and for me a part of that is because he does a lot of slow-mo so that really helps me follow the action um, but because I was fresh and interested I I quite enjoyed all the action stuff particularly the slow-mo helped me love all the woman to woman slow-mo stuff but like I was really engaged whereas imagine you sat and watched that for four hours by the end the action scenes you'd have been like well here's you wouldn't here, be here's, here's something I know I know we said that we, we're not going to do the whole DC Marvel thing and I don't do that I, I like so, I'm, but, I'm, but an equal, I'm an equal opportunities but like you're just about uh, to do it comic book nerd. well I, it was interesting though in the same night what you're describing we watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier no the first eight minutes we it. watched the first eight minutes of it which was just an action scene so and you, you said you said I can't watch this and you switched it off because you were just bored I was like so, this is the sorry now we're going to do a separate review on this on our Patreon but I just watched One Division and the Justice League both of which are like you know incredibly drawn out like narratives you expect me to sit and watch eight minutes of Falcon flying around the place in a battle scene no thanks we'll be going as the intro I, I'm up for going back to it but yeah you weren't impressed <laughs> I just um, thought that's not how you start a TV show before we I just I think that's a really interesting comparison yeah that, uh, t- you know uh, in fairness I was probably action heroed out after three yeah, nights of the Justice League after the Justice League yeah. so uh, before, let's go to spoilers uh, for this movie but uh, before we do uh, I'd like to give a quick shout out to uh, some of our new patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the cinema so thank you to uh to Marty Walsh uh, and to Leanne Gale who both subscribed for our new uh, yearly subscription so excited which is available you Uh, have to listen to us for a whole year now thanks guys and thank you to you get 10% off if you do that to to James and to Emma Curry uh, also new subscribers uh, who subscribed at the rate of uh, two or three pounds a month or you can do the year to get uh, 10% off and uh, if you do that you get access to loads of old movie reviews that we do that you guys get to decide on what we watch uh, and loads of TV reviews as well like One Division and we'll cover Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all that stuff and actually we just released you'll see on your feed the episode before this we've put one of what was a Patreon only episode we've put it on the main feed which was a series 5 discussion on Line of Duty for anyone who wants a recap and we're going to be watching Line of Duty (laughs) season 6 tonight and we're going to be covering that over on our Patreon as well 
Okay, we're just, sorry, we're just going to take a, a, a quick break because we need to attend uh, to our kids. So we'll be back, uh, back after whatever music I'm about to insert here. Right, sorry, sorry about that. We are back. We are ready to talk. Spoilers for Justice League. I'm trying to think the Snyder's how, cut. how we can talk spoilers. Because there's a lot to talk about. So I think we should go character by character. Is that the easiest way to do it? Uh, sure. Who do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, I guess we need Steppenwolf. to start. Steppenwolf. The biggie. Uh, Superman. Oh, yeah. So I think... Oh, he was in that, wasn't he? He was. And, like, obviously alluded to it before spoilers. But I think how they paced this was very clever with Superman because... Okay, accepting the fact that we already know what was going to happen because we've seen the movie before. Before we saw the movie, we saw trailers about Superman being in it. And at the end of the last movie, Batman v Superman, we saw Superman shaking his grave. So we always knew Superman was coming back. Shaking his grave. (laughs) I actually had completely misremembered and actually thought we'd seen his hand coming out of the grave at the end of Batman v Superman, but Dave told me that didn't happen. That was the film Carrie. (laughs) So I... I think they held him off as long as they could. I think that was well done. But there was some really weird stuff. It's easy to hold someone off as long as you can when you've got four hours. Well, yeah. But, like, as in... Because otherwise the the danger of Superman is just, oh, Superman will just come and fix everything. So we needed him to feel very absent. And, you know, they wanted us to feel Lois's grief. But there was some weird stuff before he came back. Like, his mom came to visit Lois and was like, my house has been foreclosed. You know, you've grieved long enough. You need to get back, you know, back if, on your if feet. Only, if only somebody would buy the bank. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, you need to get back on your feet. But we don't know how much time has passed, right? It didn't seem to be very long. But then the mom leaves the apartment and it turns out that she's the Martian pretending the to Martian be... Martian manhunter. But pretending to be her... Clark's mom not only that she, not only that it turns out the Martian Manhunter they're implying has been the general from Man of Steel who was a big player in the Superman movie the whole time so like but why is he pretending to be Clark's mom and delivering that piece of information I think to I don't don't know is the answer it was really confusing can somebody please explain it to us you had four hours to tell us Whatever you wanted to tell us why put this really confusing scene in I got way maybe he wanted he wanted Lois to do to feel like she could go back to work they, <laughs> was that it because they, they need her at the day da- the daily planet like they needed lois when <laughs> superman was resurrected right to be like remember who you yeah, are he Clark. didn't know that no, no he didn't know what they were gonna do no no but she was there every day anyway we saw that in her scene when she got the cop coffee yeah so but he, he pushed her towards deciding that was her last day remember going to the and she was gonna go back to work <laughs> Anyway, so that's very odd. I don't and know. Then- Basically, the movie just wanted to show us Martian Manhunter, <laughs> and then in the process, completely undercut a pretty good scene between two good actors uh, grieving, right? Yeah. Because then it was like the mother was like, "Wow, well, was like this is they're really bonding." It's like, "Oh no, it's just a shapeshifter dude." It's a little pretending bit like, to cry. It was I'm Martian like, Manhunter all oh, along. So yeah, that was odd. Then when Clark does come back and he's like evil for all of a minute, which I really enjoyed seeing Superman's full power against... I don't, I don't think he was evil. I think he was uh, confused and was defending himself. He seemed to not know who he is, but wasn't it so cool seeing his raw strength against the other Justice League Oh, members? yeah, it was awesome. I really enjoyed all that. And then they go back to the farm, and then this is very confusing because Superman and Lois go into the mom's house, which we know has been foreclosed, but she doesn't even seem to have been able to, like, pack up anything in the house. Like, all the stuff is still in the house. I was like Yeah all the clothes are still Why? What's happening <laughs> with like, this house? Just going to go put on this check shirt <laughs> It was all such an odd plot And then at the very end Obviously they get back to the house again And then Batman's like I bought the bank <laughs> So every part of that was com- That whole plot was confusing But I really enjoyed When Superman came back And when he kind of Finally met Alfred And then went and Joined the guys But I love that Cyborg Was still the key To destroying The mother boxes Yeah Not Superman Not Superman Albeit yeah. he assisted So I think what I enjoyed is how long they held him off for and how he just kind of complimented them yeah because he's a tricky character because he's too powerful so you either have to sideline him or um, 
make it so that the solution doesn't involve any of his powers, which are <laughs> basically all-encompassing. Why did he wear a black suit then, though? What was that because about? Because it's so awesome and black and cool, right? I mean, I did think it looked awesome. I just I don't didn't know. understand it. I don't think there's any practical reason for it, except Zack Snyder wanted him to be all in black, because dark is better. Okay. And then, uh, and then there's literally one of the titles, all the parts of this have titles, and one of them is just Something Darker. And I'm just really? like... Really? That was the name of one of the titles? That was one of them, I think, yeah. Oh. Uh, which is basically like, just basically like Zack Snyder's uh, approach to movie making and yeah. to, to cinematic universe. Make it darker, make it slower. Make it s- darker, serious, Slow-mo. slower, and uh, very po face. But again, I, guys, don't come at me. I like this movie. <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> what about Cyborg then? Let's talk about him. I really enjoyed his backstory. Yeah, he's the heart of this movie. Yeah. Which is a real surprise because he's like totally background in the other one and like you don't really have a sense of his uh, his MO his backstory who he is what he can do you don't have a sense of that in the old one yeah but in this one you get this awesome scene where he's kind of discovering his powers through his dad's tape recorder (laughs) and his dad's basically coaching him instead of just you know speaking to him well he won't listen to his dad though he hates him oh I guess that's the point okay so I just love that it was maybe you won't listen to me in person but perhaps you will hit play on this cassette recorder Um, and he uh, and then he basically I love that him just discovering and it's kind of this is one of the rare points in this movie where exposition was done well technically in that they're showing us like how he visualizes in his mind like every computer system in the world he has access to and they illustrate it through I thought a really nice example of like he sees somebody at an ATM struggling he sees like a literal interpretation of her bank account being like a floating wad of cash yeah I like that and then he just goes with his hands and like it increases the cash it also showed us his character because when given this gift what he does is gives a a poor mother money for her and her child yeah so I I, I like that and it's one of the uh, it's one it's a better example of what how these characters can um impact the lives of individual people in this world and this world than what we got in the theatrical cut which was a Russian family occasionally looking out the window and seeing people flying around (laughs) at the end and going like oh help us and what about I can't recall his name but the actor who plays Cyborg's dad I love him and he's the dad in Scandal yeah and he's the dad and he's the the guy from Terminator 2 (laughs) who invents Cyberdyne guy So yeah, and and he's he's basically the same character in this he's both those characters yeah. meshed together he's just got the best voice I find him hugely enjoyable well he's I, great and they did, they gave him a death in this which they didn't I don't think they bothered with in the theatrical one so they yeah, gave Cyborg more of an emotional impact at the end and he sacrificed himself and then I really enjoyed Cyborg's you know the way they were saying Cyborg if you go into the mother boxes they'll spot your weakness and they'll tap into it and then yeah. when he finally goes into the mother boxes and they're like we can make you whole again. <laughs> yeah, do, and they do, and they they are do, present as do. atomic kitten. Yeah, minus, um, <laughs> minus your one from the Iceland <laughs> <laughs> Nice esoteric UK reference for everyone there. But I really enjoyed when he was like, "I am whole" or whatever. It's like, eh, cyborg. And then they literally turn into witches or something. Like they were like dementors yeah. or something. So I quite enjoyed some weird stuff. I quite enjoyed all that. Um, I really like cyborg. Next, let's get to Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, she is always accompanied by music, which I both enjoyed and laughed at at the same time. <laughs> it's either it's either uh, the music that accompanies her is either like uh, over the top guitar or um, like uh, like oh, spooky sort of uh, uh, weird like ancient music, oh, like a choir. Yeah, very enjoyable. Yeah. I thought I gotta say I love the music in this. In this movie Yeah I really like the music as well Whenever that Superman theme comes in That I think Hans Zimmer did A few years ago For Man of Steel oh, That's an awesome theme See, it's, I like, really For me it's that. as good as the John Williams one I think because the Wonder Woman's so overt I notice less of the other and by ones. overt you mean In your fucking exactly. face <laughs> But I do love I don't like the Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman thing I really love her in this movie I think she's a brilliant character and I think she, like Gal Gadot, is just unbelievable. Right, it's Gadot. Gadot, is it? Yeah. She's just like an incredible action star. And I think she's really good at emoting. And like, she's a very, she's a, a unique actress, I think, in that she can be so physical 
she can also be quite emotional and she's actually I think a good comedic actress as well I, I think, think she's like a full package that I agree is amazing I agree casting. she really is it's, it's, she's embodied Wonder Woman now for three movies and just, well four technically and has done it like and really I can't picture anyone else in the role and I think that's the that's a good um, yeah that's the best thing you can say and I think the thing that she expresses really well which is kind of Wonder Woman's main like USP is compassion uh-huh. right and I think she that you get a, like a nice little scene where this uh, you know she's just stopped these terrorists at the beginning and this little girl says I want to be like you when I grow up which is a little bit like it's cheesy and on the nose but like I kind of I kind of like that this movie is just showing us like what superhero movies used to be yeah, in a way it's I like, like there's no cleverness well. about any of this it's very sincere and po-faced and for the most part I think that kind of works I'm okay with just like big bad villains and uh, heroic people and I think that's what these movies need to be I think it's what Man of Steel and Batman v Superman was lacking in that sort of he leaned more into the the grey area and the, and, the, and the angst of all these characters but like I don't want Wonder Woman to have angst I mean she I has want... angst because it comes up all the time like when she sees a plane I knew someone once who would have wanted to fly that <laughs> yet we get a Wonder Woman you're still mourning Steve but she still knows what the right thing to do is she in does. all situations but why which... is she like in a museum in Paris painting a statue but then next minute is in uh, Metropolis London or wherever stopping... or in London yeah. on the roof of a bank stopping terrorists like it's slightly I've, I found this confusing in, in her last movie as well the one we watched in January or February of this year she seems to be kind of like one minute like scanning malls or banks looking for baddies and then another minute is just like restoring art somewhere else so pretty powerful gotta have a day job she also wears crazy high heels which are ridiculous though they did reference it in the second movie that like her specific powers help you move in high heels I don't know why she's wearing them but I do really (laughs) enjoy her but speaking of actors who are disposable Apparently this franchise thinks Ben Affleck is because Robert Pattinson's replacing him next time. Yeah, and which look, made this all is... the Ben Affleck stuff seem a little bit pointless when we were watching this movie because I think he's a great Batman. I actually personally will think he's a much better. I would have see him as a much better Batman than Robert Pattinson, partially because I really like the Batman's older in this. But the yeah. stuff they all set up in this, like he's just bringing the gang together. You know, he he's not necessarily doing very much other than that. But they shot all the stuff at the end with him and Joker, and then him and Martian Manhunter. They felt like they were leading up to a sequel with Ben Affleck, so I'm genuinely confused now. What's the story with Robert Pattinson? Yeah, the, the, that just felt like the... It felt like the post-credits sting had been put in front of the credits and extended by half an hour. Yeah. Right? It's like... And, and that kind of killed the... Do you know, it reminded me of The Return of the King. It had too many endings. Yeah. And actually, so much of this movie reminded me of Lord of the Rings. You had, like these the, the, the fight from thousands of years ago in which Darkseid comes and like basically lads from 300 plus Amazonians yeah. and like that wouldn't have looked out of place really in, in Lord of the Rings plus that then what happened is and they gave one to the world of men and they gave one to the elves and one to the dwarves <laughs> like like the way their solution to segmenting the evil mother boxes is the same as the Cape yeah, Blanchard exposition in Lord of the Rings most fantasy is very derivative so, yeah, true. Like I, yeah. I wouldn't hold that against it. But it kind of feels rooted in that a lot of and all the Amazonian stuff, like the, the, and and also like a, a king. You know, Aquaman is basically Strider, Aragorn, right? He's coming. He's a a, a lost king who's uh, needs to return to his kingdom and reclaim his weapon in order to do so. It's like I guess you're right. A lot of this all is fantasy just is like that though. Fantasy and sci-fi story. But why? Like for you're right on the epilogue being so long and like I felt like I got. I, when that scene actually happened with Joker and Batman I was so confused Dave had to explain to me that it was a dream that Batman's had in a different movie which I didn't remember how was he having these dreams but it was unfair like, because get... we went from a normal scene to that they should have actually just for a second put in Ben Affleck asleep so that I could have no, been they like should have had a, oh this is a dream should what have am had I watching? a 10 minute scene of Ben Affleck like making a chamomile tea <laughs> <laughs> getting into bed checking his phone and then going to sleep and then cut to that am I right yeah, well that would have made made more sense to me because I was watching it with you luckily you explained but I literally didn't know what I was watching and I'm not a fan of Jared Leto as a joker anyway and clearly he was not with Ben Affleck when they shot this because it was surely a Covid reshoot so they're not even in the same room and it was just really over the top and weird and I just kept thinking 
But we know Robert Pattinson's going to be Batman. So what the what's well? The that's story the interesting with thing with like this. Like, what comes next? Like, this is this going to be like? It seems like this is going to be really popular, and already the fan base is mobilizing to restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> so I think I would not be surprised if there was a sequel commissioned to this movie. But haven't and they then, already filmed the Robert Pattinson one? Yeah, yeah. But then that can just happen as its own thing, I guess. I mean, they also filmed a Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie which doesn't tie into this universe right I guess yeah it's just it's. I mean it's all extremely yeah it, it's almost like they don't know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> over there right it's just yeah I and I get that like in Zack Snyder's original vision this was being set up but I feel like given this was kind of a four hour standalone it was a little bit odd to throw all that in at the end yeah it's his pitch for give me more give me my sequel like he had two sequels planned and then Martian Manhunter shows up right at the end basically begging Ben Affleck to be <laughs> yeah. in the sequel so like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. happening as well but I did enjoy <laughs> that was, I gotta say that was pretty when you look at we've seen so Marvel pointless. do this for 10 years and it tends to be now they've gotten to the point the Marvel stuff where they're quite like uh, teasery or quite organic in the way that they tease stuff this was pretty on the fucking nose like he just sense. literally flies down and says I my name they call me Martian Manhunter and I'd like to join your team please but that it's could like, be the end of a movie like the movie to me like there needs to be a genuine ending to the narrative and then something yeah. like that but that happened 25 minutes before this yes, scene and I think how Marvel do it it makes more sense having it as an end credit scene or you could have it as a little moment before the end of the movie but then you have to finish the movie for us like the end of this movie like the only kind of conclusion we get is that okay they saved the world and Superman's mom's got her house back like <laughs> <Yeah>. okay <laughs> but like what else what about Cyborg what's he going to do now well, so anyway, what else, well, to be fair now you get you get that scene with Bruce uh, and Diana going into Wayne Manor I think and it's all dusty and they're like oh you could put a big table here have a whole Justice League HQ like the side like maybe they'll do like a little bonus like house show about it or something like that would be really fun actually if we saw some interior design but yeah so then we've talked about Ben Affleck we've talked about Wonder Woman Cyborg Superman who else oh yeah The Flash is 100% the weak link yeah, for so me you said, you said that you've covered that already yeah. you didn't like him I thought I thought I think he, oh, no, he's I doing no I didn't him he just was the least interesting I mean I think the I think Ezra Miller is doing a, a pretty good job here of providing a comic sort of relief character with a bit of heart I like the stuff with him and his dad Billy Crudup um, I really like that stuff and I loved our intro to Flash when we saw him rescue that young woman oh, who was yeah, driving awesome in the scene. car except for the weird music and, and then he pinches a hot dog out of the air and I'm just like this is a bit funny <laughs> that was weird but I loved the, all the slow-mo stuff with Flash I thought looked really cool yeah it looks really good like I was definitely into that I just I don't know where it's going to go um, and I don't know what the story of Ezra Miller was but I feel like he's been cancelled or something since there's this. yeah there's sexual there's, inappropriate um yeah so is he gonna even be in the next movie him. i don't know so that was all a bit weird to me and then who's the last character oh aquaman so yeah as we said like we really liked the aquaman movie but i guess when we i guess that wasn't out before this so this would have been our character introduction to aquaman and i think it's a pretty decent one yeah you get um willem dafoe and mira show up uh, a bit more which they didn't in the, the original we get to see what happens when he leaves like these towns yeah. the women all sing mournful songs about him and like clutch his jumper and smell it that was creepy yeah that was all what's weird what's up with that well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair like, he's, she's a bit stalkery he's incredibly good looking and he does show out of the ocean what makes no sense to me is before he jumps back into the ocean every time he rips off his top yeah. always walks into the ocean in a pair of jeans yeah why because otherwise you got his schlong hanging out but how does he come out of the ocean then? Where does he get the next top from? Well, that is the answer is right in front of us. That woman looks after his clothes <laughs> while, while he's away. Because it makes then, no sense. Then he swims to he walks to her house naked and then she she hands him no, all he's the clothes. Put the jeans on. She has ironed and pressed Actually, and smelt. That was one thing that I thought was was a bit funny at the end for for Aquaman. So like we know kind of doing stuff to water is his power, but when they're all together in the final battle scene, he seems to be just doing like sound waves like I didn't quite know what he could have brought to that battle scene because I there guess, was no water yeah, there I don't know, quite know either and I mean I guess they, they can all manipulate water when they're down there and create like s- bubbles so they can have air down there so I guess he can do that I did enjoy in the, the last scene when like they kind of all combine to kill the baddie so he like spears him with his Oh yeah, thing. and they chuck him into the portal, and then Wonder Woman cuts he off his, his head. Off, yeah, that was awesome. That was really. It's cool. quite gruesome, actually, in parts. This movie. It was, yeah, but I quite enjoyed that. And then, 
Aquaman's very end was him getting on the back of a truck to go see his dad I think drinking whiskey and I was like but doesn't your dad live in a lighthouse at the end of like a dock didn't we see that in the other movie yeah so why not swim you? there yeah you could have just swum and got <laughs> yeah. there but I guess because he's like half man he wants to just lie in a truck and drink whiskey yeah why did he go back to Iceland just to tell them that he was going to go see his dad yeah so it doesn't make sense. make sense you're right because the start of that scene is him and Willem Dafoe and Mira standing on a beach which means why wouldn't he have just met them where they live And he just so they arranged to meet at that beach so that then he could say right I'm off to see my dad now who is a short swim away but yeah. I'm going to get in the back of this pickup truck and he doesn't even really speak to he speaks to Willem Dafoe and then just kind of leers at Mira and then walks off yeah, so yeah that's he says nothing weird. to her even yeah. though they're like in love in the next movie yeah but the next movie set after this you have yeah, to remember and, and I kind of kept forgetting that so I was getting a bit confused by some of the Aquaman stuff oh, yeah, and that's what's weird about this you're watching it way out of order of when it was designed to be watched you know what I mean yeah so that's all weird as well but yeah so there's loads to talk about in spoilers but at the same time like ultimately why are we talking about Steppenwolf or sorry what were we going to say I was just going to say like ultimately like we said all these kind of stories are very similar and derivative so there's nothing about this film in terms of like plot that's actually very interesting what's interesting is how he's executed it and how we get to know the characters right yeah it's style over substance right I know I think there's substance to it as well I'm just saying I don't think the story the story isn't original right we could list that's off what, that's what I mean by substance things. like I mean the but substance substantive is... though that the ca- we get to know the characters <clears throat> yeah but you get it I mean and I, 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 I think it's like I agree with you I think it's like what we get is uh, a, a sufficient level of character interaction but nothing new exciting elsewhere in the movie but it's really way more cohesive and competent than what we got before and there are some really nice stylish touches and that's kind of how I would sum up Zack Snyder in, in general and I actually like quite a lot of Zack Snyder's movies but it's he's very like style over substance <laughs> that's kind of kind of how is it and when he tries to do substance you end up with a 10 minute scene of a woman smelling a jumper and singing a song in Icelandic which you just want him you just expected him to have suggested shooting that in black and white I think he's even got a black and white version of this movie so it's kind of like he's somebody who tries to apply like serious real world art pretensions to comic book properties and that's kind of I don't think he can quite has quite pulled that off ever and whereas this one this movie has that has that sincerity and that po-faceness but it also just has clearly defined heroes and villains and feels very traditional and I think that's the reason it kind of works but why like so his original desire if it had been released theatrically would never have been this duration right so I think what I'd like to have seen and no I'm not asking for a third movie is the Snyder cut as the Snyder it theatrical cut yeah because yeah. Like for all we've said that we enjoyed this and we did, like I don't by any means think it was worth an additional seventy million dollars and that a three hours and forty five minute runtime. Yeah, but that's that's not up to us to decide. No, no, I'm just they, saying, like I don't. It's a good think, investment of money, I'd say. No, but I'm just saying I don't think it's it's warranted all of that as much as I think it's better than the first one, and I actually enjoyed the experience of watching it. But it probably did warrant it if there was a huge demand for it, right? No, I just mean like artistically, I don't oh, no, see yeah. that it's like. You know, there's obviously different elements. And like, as we said, most of the footage we actually didn't see before. But it's not like this whole new thing. Like, it's very, it's still ultimately the same film. And it's interesting because, you know, the normal metrics of judging, like, cinematic performance is box office numbers. Yeah. And we don't have that here. So I don't know how the studios would even judge it to be a good enough success to warrant a remake because we all know like online hashtags and demands and stuff that doesn't actually necessarily translate to money but Warner Bros will have the actual data from HBO Max plus yeah, but the data is just people who watched it on the HBO Max that does not mean those people would have paid $20 but they, they could look the cinema at, they could look at the chart of um, uh, acquiring new subscribers during that period and some of that you could attribute to this movie 100% but right? that doesn't mean that that you've necessarily in the traditional sense like put bums in seats no it's not as it's not as as instant. I wouldn't have paid to see this in the cinema but I'll watch it on it's Sky not cinema. as clear a metric as, uh, yeah, as box office but I think it is interesting I think the whole thing is interesting because it's not the typical Hollywood model at all in, in its genesis or its um, release now it's also because of Covid right so it's all yeah. very unique so I find the whole thing fascinating but this, honestly I think this could shake up the whole the whole industry and the way things are developed in future potentially 
Yeah, potentially. I mean, it was already, all, a lot of this was it's already happening. It's very unusual, happening. though, for a director anyway. to have left under those circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it is unique in that sense as well. But yeah, I don't think we have too much more to say about no. it. You reckon the baddie was way better developed in this? Yeah, yeah, he was more interesting. Because he, he was like, in the theatrical one, he was just like, I'm here to take over the world. Oh no, you stopped me. And in this one, he's more like, I'm here to take over the world. Please respect me, master. <laughs> he's just like, and I'm just, just like, he, do a good job. For yeah, my they suddenly they, they they didn't really humanize him as such, but they, I recognized a desperation in his actions that made him a bit more interesting. And it also, by hinting at these uh, the people above him, and then when you see his power, you're like, that's actually establishes how powerful they must be. Yeah. So it made it made the threat of Darkseid and his minions behind that portal feel actually quite significant when they're all facing off against him. Yeah, I enjoyed the big portal yeah. bit at the end when they're looking at each other. And also, I I was so interested in this bad guy of like, you know the way they basically said he made a massive cock up like a while ago and he was just in the bad books ever since. To yeah. the point where I almost thought, oh God, I'd love to see what he did. And I was like, no, Kathy, we don't need any more backstory in this movie. But I wouldn't have actually minded seeing what he did that was so bad. But I enjoy that now we've established that. Okay, fine, never mind the mother boxes. Earth is now the place of total death or whatever what did he do was so it there's, an there's accounting another reason for him there's another reason for them to want to come back to earth now yeah the anti-life equation obviously. anti-life equation yeah, yeah we exactly. all want that anti-life equation <laughs> but again it's like it's very unsatisfying if this ends up being the last justice league movie in this sense because you've just left a load of loose threads now for us and i yeah. think they shouldn't have done that i think that was poor well look i i think i think it's him pitching for more movies why not and that's how, that's what he wanted this movie to be and look if it never happens i'm satisfied that we got uh, a justice league movie which is deserving of its title i think Ooh, you don't think the old one was deserving of its title the old one wasn't a good experience no i didn't enjoy that yeah me neither and i quite enjoyed this it took longer to, to experience it but <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm four I'm sa- years longer and two hours yeah, longer i'm satisfied i feel like the justice league were, were finally brought to a screen <laughs> in a uh, <laughs> in a satisfying manner that felt true to who they are it's so, just so weird with all the stuff more as well, do you because want? it's like there's also all the TV shows of all the DC stuff like there is a Flash TV show for example like this so, we've yeah but they've seen... acknowledged Ezra Miller showed up in that in an easter egg spoilers for the <laughs> no, spoilers for the Flash TV show all this stuff is so complex because we've also all seen I mean we've all seen a lot of Superman stuff like big ones being like Lois and Clark and like Smallville uh, like, there's a new Lois and Clark it's, that, this is what I mean. it's just it all feels a bit endless and I think that's where I get a little bit bored with the stuff because yeah. nothing's ever definitive you know like they say in Marvel no one's ever really dead like all that stuff just drags on a bit and like oh strap oh. in because this is the rest of our lives <laughs> in this <laughs> yeah. planet it's oh, been going on since I think that's Superman why. and Batman been around since the 20s all the Marvel stuff has been around since what the 40s 50s 60s it's like this is never going to end in our lifetime but I think that's why I'm we're going to see 10 more Spider-Men you're going to see a hundred more bat- Batmen but I think that's why I'm disappointed by the end of this movie because we all know there's millions of other stuff going on in these universes I would have liked to just see a complete movie yeah okay so yeah just a bit disappointed with that but yeah we better get off because we've talked about yeah. this thing for as long as we it's been fun though it, it has been fun and again we're just always desperate for a new big blockbuster release like there's so many movies around that have been nominated for Oscars that look amazing we have no idea how to watch them it's so weird not being able to go to the cinema yeah um, I think Judas and the Black Messiah just came out on uh, Sky. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we'll try. Like, it's just it's hard to get at movies at the moment. So I can't wait for the cinemas to open. Yeah. If only there was like a place where we could all go <laughs> and watch them on a big screen together. Um, but thank you everyone for continuing to listen uh, throughout a pandemic when our podcast doesn't make much sense. If you like what you're hearing, we would really love if you could support us and head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and subscribe. That is a great help to us. If you want to hear more. Um, film and TV reviews head over to patreon.com forward slash cinema where we cover load and load of retro movies and a ton of new TV shows and head over to all our socials at the cinema to get in touch that's it thanks everyone bye bye we live in a society where honour is a distant memory isn't that right Batman ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.